You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hi, this is Evan, and you're listening to Damsels in Detroit on Podcast Detroit. Hello, everyone. So we're back. This is episode four of Damsels in Detroit. So, you know, we're moving right along. We're keeping it moving, keeping it popping. So today I'm sitting here with Cherry Coleman. Hello. Hey. So we both went to Renaissance. So go Phoenix. <laughs> do, okay, do with that information what you need to do with it. Um, but Cherry is a 25-year-old up-and-coming chef from Detroit, Michigan. She studied at Oakland Community College, where she obtained her Associate of Applied Science in Culinary Arts. She has an immense passion to change the status quo of the industry's harsh reputation. Her love of food and resilience is what keeps her passion for the art alive. With experience from some of the city's best restaurants, she's headed toward her entrepreneurial debut very soon. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited that you're here. Me too. Um, and you brought me a galette. Yes. Right? Okay. So, and it's beautiful, you guys. I'm going to put it on my Instagram so y'all can see it. And I can't wait to get home to eat it. <laughs> I love sweets. And she said that it's like lemon flavored. So, you know, I'm excited. A little some, some. A little some. Um, so we're just going to jump right into these questions because I have a lot and a lot of people actually submitted a lot of listener questions. So, okay. I'm excited for those too. (laughs) So what made you want to go to culinary school? Okay. Um, so I, I have an older brother, um, that passed away when I was younger. Um, he was actually a, a chef himself. Um, so from there, I just wanted to do it. I would like help my mom cook when I was younger or my sisters or whatever, you know, whoever it was just doing something, whether it was cracking the eggs or, you know what I mean? Picking some herbs or just licking the, uh, the whisk off of the cake thing. That's me. (laughs) Anything like that. So I always wanted to do it. Um, now, like you mentioned earlier, we both went to Renaissance. What a lot of people don't know about my story is that, um, so, you know, you get your classes, but when you're a freshman, they give you the option to pick your electives right. for the following years. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Davis came in to my ninth grade English class, mm-hmm. and I remember this day like clockwork. And he says to us, okay, so you guys are getting ready, you know, pick your classes. Be mindful. This is a college prep school. If you want to go into art, if you want to do culinary arts, or any, this is not the school for you. Okay. So as a freshman... Stumped all over my dreams. So now my mindset is, okay, college prep. Let's Mm -hmm. step away from, like, the trades, if you will, and try to really be thinking about, you know, being a doctor or a lawyer or Mm -hmm. something, you know, that was college prep worthy. Because the way he said is, like, okay, you definitely just downplay what I want to do with my life. So. And then, you know, DPS didn't have, like, home economics courses or anything like that, like, um, both of my sisters uh, went to CAS, and I know CAS had like co-ops you could do right. when you guys like we didn't have that either. Yeah. So I was just I had just been kind of discouraged, but I think from jump, um, it was just my brother. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I love food. I mean, I, I'm very tiny, but <laughs> I love food. So that too, people are always going to need to eat. So right. it was also that mindset of okay, this is something that will always you know keep you employed mm-hmm. at the very least. And I think that that's so interesting that you said that because in college I had professors 
that said similar things like that. Like if you, so I majored in fashion. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, I don't necessarily want to do design. You know, fashion journalism was always my end goal. Or I was like, oh, maybe styling. But I had a professor, she came in and she's like, if you want to do styling, you might as well just drop out and move to New York now because everybody wants to be a style. And I'm just like, how are you comfortable with telling students this right like we're like we're looking up to you right. for this guidance at this very very critical time yeah. in our life and for you to just kind of just shoot it down mm-hmm. yes like talk to me about some resources that i could use or yes. you know like okay i'm at this school he doesn't know your situation like i'm sure pe- a lot of people went to renaissance one because you got in um two because that's probably your neighborhood school yes. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just like don't do that yes. to kids, but whatever. I'll, I could talk about that all day, but words mean things, people. Remember that. Always remember that. People are always listening, and somebody is always looking at you. Yeah. So be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. So what was culinary school like? Like on a scale of 1 to 10, how intense would you say it was? On a scale of 1 to 10, it was a 10. Okay. Like, okay, so my typical day in school, my classes started at 7 a.m., mm. like classes <laughs> started at 7 a.m. And we had to fully dress in our uniform. So Mm -hmm. chef pants, chef coat, um, apron, stupid little paper hat that (laughs) you guys saw once. So classes started at 7 a.m. And the program has changed now, but my classes were 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. That was one class. Oh, okay. So like (laughs) any class where we had to do practical work, it was a good six, seven hour class and we would go in and uh, depending upon how the class was laid out, mm-hmm. you would either lecture first and then go straight into the kitchen or you would just come in cooking at seven wow. and being like immersed into it. So you had to do um, so OCC's program is very, very good. Um, I can't stress that enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still in contact with my instructors uh, there because I always just want to help out. But their program. So if I was taking 12 credits. Mm-hmm. Um, we do two dinners and two buffets, like two theme dinners and two theme buffets every semester that the students put on. We cook the food, we do the decor, we are the managers, you okay. know, the the bartenders, everything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could use those extra uh, events to get what's called practical hours. So okay. if I was doing twelve credit hours, I had to do twelve practical hours. Got so you. this is like extra time outside of my class outside of work that I have to come in and dedicate my time Mm -hmm. or you will drop an entire letter gray like it was very very serious you can only miss three days or you would have to take the class again like literally um my grandparents passed away my aunts uncles passed away I've had to take two classes twice because you just can't miss that time like it's a lot to learn I won't even say in a short amount of time but in a it's a lot of pressure when once you're taught that way. So you have long hours for classes. You have to put on these all-day events. So I was at school from 7 a.m. until, like, midnight, depending Girl. upon the semester, like, straight <laughs> going. You lived there. <laughs> yes, I lived there. So it's very intense. Um, yeah, so getting up early in the morning, doing my schoolwork, mm-hmm. uh, doing my classes, and then just staying later to get in practical hours. You could go help out in another class or, like, set up for an event, but gotcha. you still had to turn in copies saying, hey, she worked four hours extra for me today for me to get those good grades mm-hmm. for me. You know, and some sometimes, guys, you just got to let the C get the degree. Yeah, <laughs> it okay, was, look. It, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't too often, but it was, it was very intense, very, very intense. So what are the classes like? Is it, like— how to cook chicken 101 or 
what is it? What is the structure like? So the structure, um, before you step in the kitchen and do anything, you take your sanitation class. Okay. And that's where you can get uh, Surf Safe certified or your food handler's card. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was our big thing. Like, that was your step one. And then once you get past your sanitation class, uh, you start in your introductory classes. So um, uh, Skills 101, that was your knife cut. So being able to do a batonet, a brunoise, um, a fine dice, a chinoise, or excuse me, chiffonade this. Um, so we learned uh, basic soups, um, knife cuts, mm-hmm. uh, segmenting fruits. Uh, then you move to like garmage, which is your salads, um, okay. uh, cold plates, sandwiches, pâtés, mm-hmm. uh, charcuterie, anything like that. Huh. Then we went into restaurant cookery, which is that class I spoke of where you come in at 7. You're cooking a meal to be open by 11 o'clock because now we're running it as a restaurant. Like, okay. We run the cafeteria for the campus. But then we have two seated restaurants as well. So you have to serve. You have to be that manager. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you move into uh, classical cuisine, your um, wine and spirits. Um, You take some introductory uh, introductory pastry classes as well. Um, And then you move into... um, your big ones, so buffets and banquets, putting on a huge, um, putting on the dinners, putting on these buffets or any kind of events. We do garden parties every year or wine tastings mm-hmm. at the Rattlesnake. So you move into that. And then um, the final class is events and catering management where you are actually a part of the team that does the dinners. It's like your last class, your okay. last hurrah of everything. So it it it. It takes you on um, a certain path with certain skill levels, but everything prepares you for the next class. Mm-hmm. A lot of our books are used uh, interchangeably between classes, whether it be uh, bacon and pastry or, you know, a hot foods class. Okay. Um, but the summertime, they do offer specialized classes as well, like um, soups and sauces, Asian cuisines or something like that. So did you see a lot of people... You know how they do that. Look to your left and look to your right. And this person's not going to be there anymore. Did you find that that was kind of true? Like people just found that the program was too intense or too hard and they kind of just dropped? Um. So yes and no. Okay. Um. Some things like there were there was a higher percentage of enrollment when I first started um, as opposed to when I graduated. But that okay. was just like as in the program as a whole, something mm-hmm. that I noticed from being a student worker to actually running these dinners and having to have my own work. It's just like, wow, when I started this, it was like 10 of us, mm-hmm. you know, when time came down for it. And now it's only uh, six people or whatever. But okay. because it was community college, I think that's something else that's a little harder to tell, too, because mm-hmm. they work with a work schedule. So, right. like, if I had a morning job, there were classes I could take at night okay. and things like that. Um, there were some people who— made it all the way through the program with me, which was really, really cool. But mm-hmm. um, you saw people who took time off and came back. Um, there was a young, or not, I don't want to say a young lady, a woman when mm-hmm. I started, she had used all her vacation days okay. every year to come and do her pastry degree. So she was in and out. So it's very, very hard to tell. But yeah. a lot of the people that I started with, they made it through the program. That's good. Y'all were like... Friends, I think. Yes. <laughs> like family. Oh, yes. <laughs> so what would you say was the most challenging class or maybe the most challenging dish that you had to make in school? So um, the most <laughs> the most challenging class uh, was my classical cuisine class. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those classes where we opened up the restaurant for service. So it was challenging because, again, you're learning these classical French cooking techniques and my chef 
he was very, very, he was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was a lot to get over himself. And okay. then the actual techniques, because he was on you. So like a perfect knife cut, two inches by one fourth of an inch by one eighth of an inch mm-hmm. type thing. Like, so that was a big thing because for our practicals, um, for each class, which is, um, like a two hour, they give you about two or three hours, but you have to do a test. My, Practical for my classical cuisine class, I had to do knife cuts. I had to start a chicken stock from scratch. Oh, Break wow. down a whole chicken and use pieces of the chicken in the dinner that I made as well with, like, vegetables and stuff like that. But you're very, very time-constrained. Okay. And when it's, like, 10 to 20 of you in the kitchen using a certain amount of ovens, yeah. somebody's always opening up your oven, so then you're letting heat out, and now my chicken is like, taking a little back. longer to cook. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, it's very difficult. So that class, because uh, the techniques were a lot to learn, and my chef was a lot himself. Okay. Um, but one of the hardest things I did was uh, doing a an artichoke confit. Artichokes are so hard to peel. Okay. And it's just like it's just tiring on your hand because mm-hmm. do you know what a artichoke yeah. is like? Okay, not like that. But once you see that mm-hmm. and then what it breaks down to, like mm-hmm. after you cut it down, get all the ways, get yeah. everything off. I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> I think like that was the. Uh, and then I t- I had to take that class twice, and I ended up having to do that dish twice. Oh lord! So it was just a bad. Why is French cuisine like the classical? Like why is it not? I don't know. Learn how to make a grilled cheese or something. I don't know. Like, why is the French like the standard? Um, Because they – so French is the standard because that's where a lot of – um that's where a lot of systems come from. Like even with how you place your workers, executive chef, chef de cuisine, okay. soups and sauces – America follows the French brigade, uh, brigade system. So if you go into, like, country clubs or, like, the DAC or mm-hmm. private clubs like that, you see a lot of that is what keeps it going. Or if you go into a fine dining restaurant, mm-hmm. you'll see that way, too, because you, you have to think it'll— if you give people specific jobs and they master those jobs, it allows for consistency. Right. And that's what you want. So if you have somebody who does all of the sauces for your restaurant every single, you know, every morning, and they get it right. And then you have someone who does all of your vegetable preps, your cuts and everything like that. And then you try to switch them around. Once you do that, it doesn't leave too much room for error because then your guests might start to notice or people might start yeah. to notice. So what the French did is they got everything. And I don't want to say what they did, but... They got everything situated and said, okay, let's do some delegation here, Mm -hmm. and then we'll see how the kitchen runs. And it worked for them, so now we bring it here, and it works for us. Okay. But it's just—it's a lot. Like, they do a lot with pastries, Mm -hmm. um, like you said, with the brigade system, with how your workers are are handled and everything like that. So That's it. Mm -hmm. That's why. (laughs) So right now you're working at Besa downtown, and they have really good—no, not anymore. Okay. No, it's well, not. You, it's, it's not bad. It's okay. not bad. But so we can definitely talk about it. Okay. I'm like, I, well, you, you were know. working there. Yes. And you yes. worked at Southern Standard. Yes. Okay. And you also used to work at the Beach Store in Nordstrom. Yes. So I've literally just followed Cherry wherever she's worked. <laughs> and I appreciate it because when I see her, I'm like, oh, okay, now we got to give Evan something. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I know her. Give her something. Yeah. She gave me some really good. She. I think about that cheesecake often. Oh. I'm like, ooh, it was so good. Well, now where are you? Because now I need to know so I can pop up there. Or where do you want to go so I can keep Okay. So 
Selden Standard, yes, definitely check out Selden if you haven't. Um, my friend Lena Serini is the pastry chef there. Super, super awesome person. She's been nominated for a couple of awards, so I'm super excited for her. Um, definitely check out Bessa as well. Um, I said it wrong. Sorry, Bessa. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think because it's in our owners are Armenian, mm-hmm. so I think everyone says it wrong but okay. them. Um, okay. But uh, it's a newer restaurant. Um, they're open for lunch now, so definitely check out Bessa for lunch. Um, they just got a great article written about them in our magazine, mm-hmm. and I believe Eater, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, not okay. Not many people know. I guess this is mm-hmm. the place for me to talk about it. Oh, exclusive, 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 exclusive. exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so it's always been the goal to work for yourself, right? Right. Well, myself. I'm sure all of our peers work for themselves Mm -hmm. or they're trying to do that, which is something that I noticed a while ago. Um, So just I've been cooking in restaurants for six years now. Um, I started out as a baker at Holiday Market, which is why I baked your little something. Oh, thanks. Um, (laughs) But um, I just figured out this year that I don't think restaurants fulfill me. Okay. And it wasn't until I was talking to my sister about it. where everything kind of hit home and I had like this big revelation about everything. Um, but and because she, she looked at me and she said, like, I was on the phone, you know, going off like, oh, I'm working these long hours. Mm-hmm. Then once you factor that in with what I'm actually making versus like self-care yeah. and being able to have a good work-life balance or mm-hmm. anything like that. It was just a lot. And she just looked at me and she was like. You know, Care Bear. Yes, my older sister still calls me Care Bear. She's like, you know, Care Bear. She's like, maybe it's not working for you because you're not supposed to be working for anybody. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm good at what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've Clearly. gotten more comfortable saying that now. Okay. I used to be very scared. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm very good at what I do. And I've made it to this point so far doing what, you know, doing things my way. Mm-hmm. Um. Many people don't know, um, when I worked at Bessa, I got a promotion within working there three weeks. Oh, nice. Like, from hourly to salary okay. promotion. Okay, so that was, look at you. <laughs> so that was pretty big, and it was the first time I had gotten anything like that. And mm-hmm. I was scared, and I was nervous, because, you know, you just don't know how those yeah. things work out. But I told myself, I'm like, girl, do this. Like, let's see what it's about. And I was doing a great job. Um, My chef always let me know that we love to have you here. Mm -hmm. You know, you're a great part of the team. My coworkers let me know that, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, And they were getting ready to train me up as a sous chef. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I just realized, like, I didn't want it. Okay. And I wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of things that go into not being happy um, in a restaurant. I've worked. I've been abused, you know, not physically, thank God, but mm-hmm. physically meant or, you know, spiritually mm-hmm. and uh, emotionally in a kitchen. It's very, very tough. Um, it's very not what you see on TV. Right. And all of what you see on Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. In a light way. And okay. I'm not even playing like. Mm. I believe that. <laughs> I just feel like it's just not chaotic, but they're so. I guess, too, because if you're, like, the chef of the restaurant, you probably just have this mentality of, like, I can do everything and I don't need – I don't know. That's just what I assume. But then also, like you said, there's so many different positions. And along with that comes different personalities. And you're working in such close quarters, long hours, like you said. It's hot. 
One, try, it's hot. You're trying to, like, please the customers, but you also have to make sure that you're on good terms with the people that you're working with. So, And then you have to know that the there's a disconnect between front and back of house. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, if you're a good restaurant, you run it all as one. Mm-hmm. But that disconnect can become a lot. I mean, it can be as simple as we're getting our butts kicked in the, in the thick of it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I've been at Bessa... I was at Best of Working, and we were pushing out a party, and they had me. I was doing, like, the fryer, mm-hmm. and I got popped. Uh, I was making br- <laughs> the Brussels sprouts. I don't know. So I put them in the sauce, and I was going to toss them in the sauce, and it popped. Not your eye. It popped directly in my eye. Ooh. And I, like, have the skillet in one hand, and I have the bowl in the other hand. I can't stop. Yeah. I can't put it down. I can't say, hey, can you grab this? Especially if you're short staffed mm-hmm. or anything like that. So you really, like working in the kitchen, you really have to know how to support your teammates, but know how to swim if you're drowning because you don't you don't always have help. You don't always have support. There's no one to give you a hand. I asked somebody to give me a hand at a particular restaurant, literally started clapping. Um, <laughs> like, okay, it was, it's like hindsight. It was funny. Like, it was really Me snatches funny, off earrings but, and glasses. Right. Let's but just it's fight. like <laughs> at that point, then I'm in my head as someone who was trained for this and went to school for this. Like, OK, now you think it's a game, but the guest is suffering. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or or you can't do it because of the system and how your kitchen works or, you know, for example, one kitchen, um, you work with a mid. Mm hmm. The mid couldn't touch anything. Okay. And I'm working next to mid doing the veg. Mm-hmm. And they're waiting on me to pass them a skillet with some carrot puree in it. But you're not, you're not doing anything. So yeah. now you're waiting on me to turn around and give you this. So mm-hmm. you, and, and in my head, it's like, no, the guest is waiting. So pick pick it up. Right. Let's get it done. And make it happen. Yeah. So it's just like. It's a stressful environment, and if your heart is not in it, I would not advise you to give it a— you know, it's not something that you should give a go and Mm -hmm. see if you can— Yeah. It's either like you really have to have thick skin Mm -hmm. or just don't do it at all. Okay. (laughs) There's no in-between. It's no like, oh, I want to check it. No. Mm -hmm. It's like yes or no. Wow. That clapping thing. (laughs) Let me tell you. I was sitting there. I was like, <laughs> let me tell you. Like, oh, okay, so this is what you want to do today. Great. I have time. <laughs> yes. And there are there are some days when I'm like that. Like I've I've grown a lot in my six years, uh, mm-hmm. especially with my attitude and you know how I am at work, how I deal with things. But there are times where I've had to remove myself. Yeah, from this because I know who I am, mm-hmm. and you don't know her. <laughs> you don't want to. You really don't. <laughs> I promise. So we just gonna. I'm gonna take some time. Yeah, take ten minutes, and just cool off. Yes. Oof. So, do you feel like you cook better than people in your family now because you have the technical experience? Oh, I know. Not just because <laughs> I got the technical experience. Just period. Just period. <laughs> But I will say a lot of my base recipes or if I'm, like, making something new I mm-hmm. haven't made before, like, I don't call my mom. I don't call my grandma. I call my older sister, like, one of my older sisters okay. for everything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is how she makes her spaghetti. Okay, I'm just embellish a little bit mm-hmm. or, like, build off of that. Yeah. So she's, like, my little encyclopedia. Okay. Because I tried to talk to 
my grandmother about how she made certain things. Mm-hmm. And then you just realize she's telling you the most basic recipe. Yeah. And this is not all that's in this cornbread. Like, right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's why like, are you lying? You withholding information. <laughs> every, it's, it's, it's not this simple. Mm-hmm. So, like, one of those. But I won't say because I have the technical skill. Okay. It's just because I do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's people in my family that don't cook at all. Yeah. So. I'm, like, getting into it. If you were to ask me, like, three years ago, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not. I can order a mean takeout, like, where you no. want to go. But now since I'm living on my own, but it's also, and I'm going to say this, because my mom loves to cook. And if I, I mean, she did it all the time, so I never had to do it. Yes. So it was just like, okay, whatever. And so I was not a good helper because I would literally, like, act like I was helping and then, like, leave and watch TV <laughs> and then come back when it was time to taste test. But, you know, I've been doing a little something, something now. That but. makes me happy. Like, if, if people just try, like... Mm-hmm. You don't have to be making um, a soy glaze yeah. salmon with a mushroom risotto and asparagus that, that you know or whatever. <laughs> you don't have to go all out to mm-hmm. cook. Just play around with it. Like, just play around with it. And I want to apologize because I just realized I didn't answer your question. So I thought of my master plan to get myself oh, to yeah. work for myself. Mm-hmm. That was get a corporate job, secure benefits, mm-hmm. secure Monday through Friday schedule, no nights, no weekends, mm-hmm. no holidays. I have done that. Yeah. I quit my job two weeks ago. Okay. Two weeks ago. And I've—and this is why I got caught up, because a restaurant can just be a lot. It can, it can be very hard on the body, especially places that don't offer benefits to right. their workers, places that don't allow their workers to eat. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? People just, like— to really know the inner workings of a restaurant, it would blow your all's mind. Yes. So I start my new job tomorrow. Yay. Uh, so I'll still be working downtown. But okay. this is really to free up my nights and my weekends because I turn down a lot of work. Yeah. Um, Just people asking me to do stuff. Hey, can you make this? I have this event. And that's hard when you know you don't want to work for someone else for the rest of your life. Yeah. But when you have a restaurant job and nights and weekends are your busiest time, mm-hmm. it's kind of looked down upon to, oh, you got Saturday. Because this is conversation. It'd be yeah. like, damn, Jerry, you got Saturday off? Yeah. How you get a Saturday mm-hmm. off? And it's like, oh, <laughs> just don't make a big deal about it. You right. know what I'm saying? But I got tired of that. So um, I'll be working downtown. Okay. For this corporate catering company. Mm-hmm. Um, but be on the lookout because I'm going to start getting my things in hey. order so I can work for myself hey. and take on some more opportunities and gigs and everything like that. Exciting. And I got some ideas, but I'll tell you about them once we... Okay. Once we finish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you don't want to share, you know, you already dropped some exclusive nudes. So I'm not going to beg too much, you know. We can yeah. talk about it on that level. If you, hey, if you want to talk about yeah. it, you just let me know. But, well, some, some okay. for the summertime. All right. Okay, y'all. Uh, summer 2019. Be on the lookout. <laughs> um, so why is cooking important to you? Like, at the end of the day, when you think about cooking, why do you do it? Um, Because it makes people happy. Mm-hmm. I, do y'all dance when y'all get y'all food at the restaurant? I do. I did it yesterday <laughs> with my niece. We were dancing. Always. Always. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you just it just makes people happy. Mm-hmm. It brings people together. Um 
it can, you know, things are, problems are solved at a table, so to speak. Or I sit down with my mom and we're talking about my day or how things went. Or I sit down with my sister over this chicken pot pie. But it's a way to bond and it's it's a way to connect with people. Like Mm -hmm. me calling my sister for recipes, yes, because she got them. But it's also a way for us to connect and us to bond on another level. Right. She has kids, but her kids are not asking her how to make this souffle or, or do these things. And I think. That's it, like bringing people together and seeing people's faces when they taste your food or when they, or, you know, see a beautiful dish or smell whatever, like you did when I brought it in here. I'm so excited. I've been like looking at it. (laughs) It's just, it's important for me because it creates that, it creates a bond and it just, it's a way to make people happy and show people you really care for them. Yeah. If I care about you, I'm going to cook you some good food Mm -hmm. because I don't cook for people I don't care about because that's letting you. Seriously, it took me a very, very, very long time to to cook for people because mm-hmm. that's letting you into my yep. world. This is personal. Mm-hmm. This is what I do. This is what I'm fighting for. So I don't, <laughs> I don't just cook for everybody. Yeah, and that's that on that. Okay. So, what's your favorite restaurant in the city? Oh, I can't say. I don't have a favorite right now because I have not been to. All right, you've been working because I work exactly. <laughs> people, and if you ask me, I can give you twenty different places to go and that's mm-hmm. because i've done my research about right. them or whatever but i can't say but you know i would definitely say do you want like a list because <laughs> i don't can have get, to well because i can give you the list but then it's like three places you feel like people should go selden standard definitely mm-hmm. um i just think again not because i work there or because my friend is the pastry chef but <laughs> they do good food period mm-hmm. they use local purveyors um they care about what they're putting out mm-hmm. and they take the time to plate it talk to you about it, and everything like that so i would definitely say try selden um, just for a good brunch, um, no fail, always, always is Dime Store Detroit. Yeah. Always. I was just there. It's no, like. Everything is good. Everything is good. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to do a shameless plug for one of my old sous chefs. Um, if you guys have not been down to Fort Street Galley, definitely, definitely check it out. Um, their restaurant is called The Allenby. Um, so they do like sandwiches or mm-hmm. Anything you could think of, it can be sandwiched in between bread, but they have really, really good food. They do a shawarma fries. Um, they do this really good hum- uh, hummus roasted cauliflower dish. Mm-hmm. Everything. Their corned beef sandwich is bomb right I now. I haven't been there yet. You I have to go. go. And you I'm always like, go. whenever I go to Maru, it's like right there. And I'm like, yes, go. <laughs> Instead of getting sushi every couple of days, but whatever. <laughs> and then who's your favorite chef? Marcus Samuelson. Okay, wait, I have three. Okay. Well, two. No, three. Okay. Uh, okay, so Marcus Samuelson, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, first of all. Uh, Mashima Bailey, uh, she has a restaurant down in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called The Gray. Uh, she also has her uh, documentary on Netflix. So my favorite uh, show ever is Chef's Table on Netflix. Okay. Um, and the most recent season, she is the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love her. Black woman doing her thing down in Georgia. Um, and she was the first African American um, nominated for this uh, James Beard Award. Awesome! Uh, so that was uh, so her, Marcus, and then Chef Gabrielle McBay. Um, she's a young chef from Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found her, I think, on YouTube or mm-hmm. Instagram, and then just kind of attached myself to her. <laughs> in a way, she's a uh, really, really sweet. Um, like I said, it's very hard to find. People in the industry who can, like, keep a level head and are 
I don't want to say are nice, but just are nice and they give you good vibes because yeah. it's so intense and mm-hmm. so much pressure. People are always on edge. Um, she does great things. She's a personal chef. Um, I actually got the opportunity to meet her nice. last fall. Um, it started out on Instagram. We were just back and forth, mm-hmm. like, pen palling. And to this day, that's the homie. Yeah. I drove to Chicago to meet her. She did, like, an eat and greet with an influencer from Chicago, uh, uh, Chicago, Vicky Logan. Mm-hmm. And it was super, super cool. I got to go to the meet and greet early. I actually helped her cook. Oh, um, Her parents were super cool. They were like, it's somebody. Oh, you met the family. So that's your good sis. Yeah, because <laughs> her dad and her family were there. Um, and she, her dad goes, there's somebody in here from Detroit. Who was from Detroit? And I was like, me? You drove all the way from Detroit? I was like, it's like four hours. Right, it's, it's not nothing. bad at all. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, okay. But she was... Super, super cool, super mm-hmm. down to earth. Um, she's just very inspiring and kind of doing some of the same things I wanted to do: um, catering, personal chefing. You know, she cooked for Drake this year, so okay, we almost there. We almost there. You just one degree hello of separation <laughs> from the champagne poppy. Hello, okay, um, okay. So we're gonna play a quick game before okay. we get into the listener questions. So this or that. So I'm gonna ask you a series of questions. You know, okay, which one you like? Baked chicken or fried? Fried. Savory or sweet? Savory. Sugar and grits or salt and pepper? Ugh, salt and pepper. Thank you. Okay. Okay. All right. For the one time. <laughs> Pancakes or waffles? Ooh, that's a tough choice. I know. Um, if I don't have a cast iron, waffles. If I do have a cast iron, pancakes. Okay. I personally say pancakes. I like the little crispy edge you know? on the outside. And it still tastes good with chicken. Yes. So it's fine. Anyway, regular fries or sweet potato fries? Regular fries. I just started eating sweet potatoes. Really? Yes. Oh, my Like two years ago. Wow. Okay. For no reason. It's like one of those for no reason. You Mm -hmm. just think you don't like it. Yeah. And then you try and be like, hmm, not so bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Squeeze cheese or sliced cheese on your chili cheese fries? Ooh, slice. (sighs) Okay. Squeeze cheese. I'm going to let that one go. The sliced cheese is overwhelming. I don't know what it, I okay squeeze cheese. I'm like, sorry. It's just what like, is that? I don't know, but like sometimes when you just see and I the love stuff that cheese sits out at room ten. Okay, don't we don't have to get into this part <laughs> anyway. I don't even eat chili cheese fries anymore because you know I'm old and I feel like when you get like 25, your body starts changing. I haven't had them in years. Honestly, oh, I can't. If somebody was to sit them right here right now, I'd be like, I have to leave. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> um, beer or wine? Ooh. Wine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Banana pudding or peach cobbler? Banana pudding. Okay. Or spicy or no spice at all? But, so I'm getting into spice. Okay. And then I'm getting into, like, pies and cobblers. Okay. Which is, like, that, I can eat that, but, like, mm-hmm. fully, like, thick is weird. Yeah. It's weird. Okay. Well, that was that. And now okay. we're going to go into some listener questions. Some of these you already answered, so okay. I'll have to kind of skim through. Um, but A. Dan from IG wants to know, what are some easy, affordable meals to plan for the week? Um, so one of my things that I like to look at or tell people when I, they ask me for advice about, like, meal prepping, because I'm assuming that's what they're talking mm-hmm. about, or if you're just, like, planning out your meals, um, I always think um, – Big proteins, right? So if I want to, it's like, what type of mood are you in? Because you can get a filet of salmon and cut that down to about five, you know, portions. And then that'll be your lunch for the week. But uh, easy, quick meals. Um, my favorite go-to would be like, I like salmon um, 
and risotto, but mm-hmm. easier for you guys would just be like salmon, some steamed rice. You can mm-hmm. do like the um I know people like Uncle Ben's or those yeah. microwavable uh-huh. ones, or you could just do a big. So I like salmon um, with some rice and um, a veg. A big thing I always see or, I, or that I'm noticing with people, you guys are meal prepping or doing something. You, you'll have two starches. You'll have like macaroni and cheese and yams and yeah. like some chicken. Right. No, we got to have a veg in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think about stuff like that. Like, all right, proteins. I always do salmon. Chicken is easy to do. Or um, I think about things that won't really dry out. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about, okay, if I prep on Sunday and I'm going to eat something on Friday, is it going to sit that way? Yeah. So I always do salmon, rice, and veggies. Um, I'll do anything in my crock pot. Uh, I'm a huge fan of, like, roast potatoes and carrots, stuff you can just put in there and let it go. Um, I'll do soups. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of soups. Me too. Um, they're great. You can make big batches. You can freeze them, mm-hmm. put them, put them for later, or whatever you want to do. Uh, pasta is another thing that you could uh, easily meal prep because you could um, batch prep it. Just keep your noodles separate from your sauce or whatever okay. that you're doing uh, that way. Um, breakfast is pretty easy because uh, I do a lot of overnight oats. Or if you're doing like smoothie prep, you can do little smoothie bags. Get gallon Ziploc baggies. Mm-hmm. Put your fruits in there. Um, one day I was doing smoothie prep. I uh, sprayed uh ice tray with uh like pan spray mm-hmm. and then put yogurt in there and then had like a little yogurt uh ice cube in each one okay. or, or something like that. That's smart. It's like you don't have to overthink it. Like yeah. a lot of people will be like, Oh, I don't want you to taste this because you know, you cook and you do this. Dude, I nine times out of ten I want something simple just mm-hmm. like, you know, everybody else. Or you can think, um Salads. You can make a lot of different salads. Just mm-hmm. get some different toppings going. Um, do your proteins that way. I typically do wraps too. Okay. When I'm prepping for stuff, mm-hmm. I love wraps. So like a Mediterranean chicken wrap, which is basically a Greek salad. Yeah. Pita. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you gotta you, you gotta think, or you can do things like that. Um, people, because uh, I know I had a friend asking me about lunch, and she really likes sandwiches, but she didn't like her sandwich like sitting, and I was like, just yeah. separate it. I'm right. like, put the bread in a Ziploc bag, put your protein and your lettuce, tomato, onion, whatever you're going to mm-hmm. use, and then bring a little to-go thing, a dressing, and yeah. just put it together yourself, because people think about spending, or me personally, because when I worked at Bessa, we didn't really have lunch or a meal period to eat or anything, mm-hmm. so I was bringing in like Cheez-Its, and stuff like that. Just think about stuff you can grab on the grow. Fruits, veggies, nuts, um, mm-hmm. yogurt parfaits, favorite things. And if you need ideas, I would definitely check out, like, Pinterest. Yeah, that's where I get It's crack for from. everything. Like, yeah. My Pinterest, I have, like, four different boards. Sweet stuff, savory stuff, stuff that may come in handy. Mm-hmm. You know, just little stuff like that. We well, don't have to shout out your Pinterest at the end so we can follow you. <laughs> Um, Shinonye Akun from IG says, what's the true lifetime of eggs if you store them in the refrigerator? I typically, if I have eggs, if I get eggs, mm-hmm. the most I would keep them is a week after the use-by date. Okay. And that week after that date, um, they're good unless they smell bad. Okay. It's like a lot of stuff— you think it's a lot, but it's really so basic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I went uh, during a field trip. We went and visited uh, this place called Rising Stars Academy. It's mm-hmm. a um, school for special needs um, adults where they learn how to cook, garden, everything like that. 
there were eggs sitting out on the counter. And I was like, how long have these been here? And the guy was like, oh, those are mine. You know, I got them yesterday. He had them just sitting out. I know a couple people who have their own chickens, and when they get these eggs, they let them sit out for a couple of days. Interesting. Yeah. People do that with cheese, too, depending upon the restaurant. Okay. It's, yeah, it gets, but it that's gets not crazy. safe, though. You assume it's not safe because— this is somebody who's a farmer, right? They mm-hmm. know these animals. They, they've they been doing this for a while. But you're thinking about it's not safe because you're used to chemically process mm-hmm. things that change within a certain amount of time That's or true. do something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, because I can make – you can buy some mayo from the store and it'll last you, what, like a month? Yeah. You can make mayo from scratch with egg yolks, oil, vinegar. That's like a week. Okay. If that, you know what I mean? But it's that thing of like tasting unless it's bad. Yeah. So for eggs, like I said, I would go a week past the use by day Mm -hmm. or sell by. And then pay attention if it says use by or sell by. Right. Because I know a lot of people be like, oh, it says sell by. Right. But they just need it gone from this shelf because, I don't know, the next shipment is coming in. Right. So that's something you have to pay attention to, too. Okay. So Kevin Alexander from IG says, how do you properly cook shrimp? Because people love to overcook <laughs> their shrimp and post it online. She's Kevin. sick of it. <laughs> She's sick of it. She's fed up. Me too. <laughs> Girl. Like, I have a shellfish allergy, so I can't eat oh, wow. lobster shrimp, mm-hmm. oysters, scallops, all the good stuff. Yeah. I made it a point very early in my career to learn how to cook shrimp properly because mm-hmm. that's not a... Ooh, sorry. That's not an excuse. Like, yeah. It's just not an excuse. Your shrimps, you cook them until they are opaque. They should not curl all the way up like mm-hmm. a tight little ball. That will It's going to be rubbery yeah. and just not good. Like I said, I can't eat it, so I don't know, but I've been told I cook it very well. Mm-hmm. So you want to see. Okay. You want to see. if, But curling all the way up, no. That's, that's bad, guys. That's bad, y'all. And stop posting it. Online. Stop. Because people and are sick stop of it. with the dry parsley. Okay. Please. <laughs> Child. I feel like people will par- par- put parsley on, like, ice cream. If you <laughs> let them just... It's it like the salt bay. Go. Like, that's just, like, the finishing touch. Like, and ooh, it's not. Killing it. Like, and no. And it's not. No. I could do without parsley, honestly. Like, it really doesn't do anything for... Like... If it's, I guess, mixed in with something, I'm okay. But, like, on top or, like, even as, like, a garnet, like, yes. I don't need it. It's okay. <laughs> and it's not even the best herb that yeah. goes with the flavor profile of the dish, the dish you're making. Like, mm. people, I'm telling you. Mm. Ari XB from Instagram says, um, one, what is the most underrated kitchen utensil that everyone needs? And two, do you have any tips for venturing into new foods? I think off the top of my head, what came to mind when you asked that question um, definitely was a strainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use one today. That's how you got that nice uh, powder sugar dusting or a strainer or a sieve, um, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, Shinwa, China Cap. Just that because, like, if you make a mac and cheese, your sauce is too grainy, strain it out. It's cool. You can use it to um, just do anything. Like I said, do a nice dusting. It helps with plating. Um, if something is is too thick or you need to um, add anything to it. So a strainer, definitely. Um, a can opener, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you guys have knives, like- but I want you to... Oh, no, the... Uh, the original? Original okay. OG Twist Boy. Just I in case those. it doesn't I work. Wanna, I'm so... I mean, you bougie. can have electric. It's okay. But like, <laughs> if you don't, just... 
worst comes to worst that yep and then just a good sharp knife Mm -hmm. it's it is way more dangerous to use a dull knife to try to cut anything and that's probably like one of my biggest pet peeves about cooking at other people's homes is like i keep my knives in my car okay so i don't even have to deal with it right like like mm. i can't but yeah so (laughs) strainer can opener what else um, and then she said, uh, any tips for venturing into new food? Yes. Um, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Um, and just if you haven't cooked it before, I would say ask someone who has or the Internet is there. Watch mm-hmm. a video about it. Um, but if you want to venture into new foods, always check. Um, I would make sure it's something that you like. Um, I would check to see what it may go well with. That mm-hmm. way, when you're making it, you're not um, getting a bad like flavor combination and maybe thinking that you don't like it just because you cooked the wrong, you know, set to go with it. Um, And just be ready. Because once you figure out you like trying stuff, life is going to just open up Mm -hmm. for you so much more. That's what happened when I went to school for culinary arts. Like, I never used to eat tomatoes, onions, uh, barely ate peppers, no mushrooms at all. Mm -hmm. Certain fish I wouldn't eat. Tartare, eating Mm -hmm. raw meat, what? Yeah. No. I'm good. But now— You'll try it. I'll try anything. So Lid Mun from Twitter, your bestie. Hey. Um, she says, what is your favorite recipe from your grandma? And then what is a non-basic Alfredo recipe? Because, you know, us women out here like to Alfredo our men to death. And yes. we don't want to use it out the jar. <laughs> God, don't use it out the jar. Okay, so... I told you guys earlier that my granny really doesn't give me her gems mm-hmm. when it comes to her recipes. Um, but my favorite thing that my grandmother cooks is uh, her soul food. So the basics, mashed potatoes, her uh, cornbread is phenomenal, mm-hmm. her greens to die for, mm-hmm. cobblers, bomb. Chicken banging. Grandma's you know, hands. Okay. Anything. Shout out to my granny. She'll be 91 this year. Hey, turn up. Um, okay, so <laughs> a basic Alfred or a not basic? Not basic. Which I want. Okay, so not basic is don't use the canned stuff. Yeah. It is so simple to make Alfredo sauce, y'all. It's just heavy cream, Parmesan cheese, salt and pepper. That's it. Use it out like, the jar if you really don't like him. If you <laughs> don't like him, use it out the jar. But if you have time, make it yourself. It's super, super easy and not – um. I'm, so let me correct that. I won't say and not the, like, weird parm that you, like, put on spaghetti. Mm-hmm. I like actual parm cheese. Yeah. But if you quick and you need it, use that. But um, other – it's very simple. So that's like super basic. If you want to get fancy schmancy, mm-hmm. you're going to take a little garlic, um, a little onion, um, a little white wine, reduce that down to all sec, which is basically almost nothing in the pan. Mm-hmm. Add a little chicken stock, reduce that back down to all sec, and then go in with your heavy cream and your cheese. Let it simmer. You got it. That sounds good. <laughs> So last set of listener questions um, come from I am Leah Hill from Twitter. Okay. Um, She wants to know what are your favorite flavor pairings and then what are your thoughts on the culinary arts industry being male driven and how have you navigated through that? Okay. So my favorite flavor pairings. Um, What do you mean, Leah? Like, (laughs) you know, because I'm thinking, I'm like, are we talking about like. I think she meant like spices. Spices with something because I was like, are we talking like food and wine or. I like herbs in anything. Um, pear goes really well with thyme. Um, rosemary goes really well with, like, pork. 
mm-hmm. um, anything like that. Uh, poultry, you can do sage, thyme, parsley, uh, any of your like basic spices. Um, tarragon is really, really good with um, fish, depending mm-hmm. upon it. Um, garlic, shallot, and onion as a combo. Garlic, sage, and shallot as a combo of like a base for anything. Okay. Um, what else? Yeah, anything with herbs like that you can pair pair herbs with. Um, I'm a huge fan. A lot of my savory cookings and some of my sweet things have herbs. Like your galette has thyme in it right mm-hmm. now. Um, I really, really like uh, coconut with squid. That might sound mm. weird, but it's actually good. Like if you do like a coconut milk or something like that, okay. um, braise it or just whatever. I've never had squid before. Ooh, no calamari? Oh, yeah. But I mean like. Like actual people, squid? Yeah, like oh, yeah, the yeah, real yeah. deal. Yeah. Okay. And I'm then. To, I would be like scared to try it, I think. But I would I would go for it. I like seafood, so. Yeah. that would, I only say it because um, it might still be on the menu. Uh, but Bessa had a coconut uh, udon, mm-hmm. like coconut squid udon. So it had the squid ink um, base and then the coconut milk udon, which is uh, a pasta. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, just calamari, the squid in there, but I think that one um is really, really good. Okay. Um butter butter with anything, my God, butter mm-hmm. with anything. But um as far as navigating the male dominated culinary yeah. industry, that has been one of my biggest, biggest challenges. Mm-hmm. Um it's been very hard. Like the most women I've ever worked with was at Selden. Okay. Like, there would be certain days where our entire—I worked at uh, during the lunch shift at Selden. There would be certain days our entire crew was women, and I'd be like, wow. Yay. I'm usually <laughs> one of two or just one. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's just—it's frustrating because yeah. you don't—it's a very intimidating industry as it is, so then when things come up for issues or anything like that um you get scared i've sat in many a meetings where i felt like i was about to just get ripped or like i never wanted to come back but you have to learn how to build your confidence mm-hmm. and i kind of spoke to that earlier when i said my attitude used to be very very bad and i would hold things in and mm-hmm. then not know how to release them correctly yeah and there were incidents where i would have to remove myself off of a line because like there was just like the situation that was happening was a lot, but I also, like I said, I know who I am. Yeah. And I know where you're about to take me in, mm-hmm. in the next 30 seconds. So let's just step back. It's been hard, um, but that's when people I I talk to come into play. So like Chef Gabrielle McBay, talking to her, um, or one of my old sous chefs, Katie Nelson, who has the Allenby down in Fort Street Galley, mm-hmm. um, talking to her about how I feel or, you know, what is happening or why this might be happening to right. me or but then it gets it gets very frustrating because dealing with being a woman, I also have to deal with being a black woman in this male dominated industry where there is not a lot of representation at all. Mm-hmm. So that's been been very, very challenging. And I guess the hardest part is feeling like nobody has your back. Right. But you. And then when you don't have people who are in the industry, it's very, very hard for them to empathize with what you go through. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or, you know, people just walk walk out, go do this, go do that. You can't just leave a job in this industry like that unless you are very, very confident in who you are, your abilities and what you can do or is it extreme circumstance because it's so small and all people have to do is call this restaurant or yeah. call somebody on your resume. And I've, I've seen it happen where, no, don't hire that kid. He's terrible or, mm-hmm. you know, this or that. Or it happened to me. Um during one of my interviews uh, oh, for a no. particular job. And uh, it wasn't anybody that I had worked with. It was uh, one of my instructors from school. Okay. And I sat down in this interview. And uh, the first thing the guy said to me was, wow, your instructor said, you know, you're great in school, you know, when you show up. And I was like, <laughs> excuse me? I was like, oh, okay, well, thank you. Went through the whole interview. He offered me the job. I turned it down. And it's like, you have to be very particular because the person that called him was my classical teacher who I knew mm-hmm. had issues with me. And so it was kind of like blackballing before I even got there because regardless of what I did or showed up at your school, I'm paying for school. Right. I'm paying to come here and learn. So if mm-hmm. I can't make it, it has nothing to do with my work ethic or anything. Like I had family, personal stuff going on. I had documentation to provide it, but it was right. like— you just made it seem as if I didn't care or, you know, I'm or or what? Like, aside from my school being 40 miles of where I live mm-hmm. and aside from it being winter, I could have had car trouble, whatever. But you he already has a preconceived notion about who I am and my work ethic. And that's what I don't like. So mm-hmm. just you have to be confident. Um, you have to know who you are and know uh, your abilities. And just I take it. I'm a girl from Detroit. It's only so much that I will let slide. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not a passive person. So, you know, like I said, I used to be intimidated, but now I'm aware of who I am and mm-hmm. what I can bring to your table. And literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> so you just have to be mindful of that. Like navigating the industry is hard. Like I said, there have been times where I felt like a puppy. But as you grow, your confidence grows. And then like I said, I had some great people in my corner who I was talking to and who could help navigate me. But mm, just being unapologetically me Mm -hmm. and letting them know that this is who I am. Get with it or get lost. Mm -hmm. Period. Do I have time for just two quick more questions? Okay. So last question before we go is what does it mean for you to be a damsel in Detroit? Uh, For me to be a damsel in Detroit, I feel like I am doing something right. I feel like the millennial black community in Detroit um, has been thriving for a while, and I have wanted to be a part of that. Um, I have a lot of peers who are doing a lot of things, and it's all just been inspiration to me. Um, So I feel like I'm doing something important because you wanted to share my story and help me tell my (laughs) story. Um, And it means so much because, like you said, you've been— Everywhere that I've worked, yeah. kind of, mm-hmm. unknowingly. I know. So to have that support, um, it has meant it has meant the world to me. But for me to be a damsel in Detroit, I mean, y'all should be on the lookout for your homegirl. Because okay, Miss Evan thinks I'm important. <laughs> <laughs> well, it means I'm, I'm doing my thing unapologetically. Yes. Learning from my mistakes and picking up some friends along the way. Mm-hmm. And really quickly, just share where people can find you on social. Oh, my social media is my cherry amore, M Y C H E R Y E 
A-M-O-R. That's Instagram, Twitter, just Cherry Coleman on Facebook, but I'm never on there. (laughs) So I just want to say thank you for coming. I think we had a really great talk because clearly we went over time. Um, But I just want you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I just want you all to remember that Detroit girls do it better. And also to remember to stop washing off your chicken before you cook it. Okay, bye. Wait. <laughs> oh, oh yes. <laughs> so yeah. Alrighty. Well thanks girl. You're welcome. Fun. Thank you guys. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Yes, ma'am.